right, King of Kings family, welcome home. Yeah, it's fun, right? To be home in the house of God together. You know, and on one hand, I am very excited to see your beautiful faces. I am happy you're in the house, but I'm even more happy that Yeshua's in the house tonight. That's, that's who I'm most excited about being here in the sanctuary with us, so I'm glad you've joined us. Um, welcome. You know, a lot of times I welcome people watching online first, but I think I'm going to welcome you. Welcome everybody who used to watch online, you know. <laughs> welcome back to the house tonight. And yes, welcome everybody who did not choose to come tonight. We welcome you on King's Community Live, Facebook Live, and uh, YouTube. We're blessed that you're with us. And hopefully some of you, if you live in the Jerusalem area, you'll feel comfortable to come home and be with us in the coming weeks. Listen, we have over 30 countries watching. Tonight, I'm not going to run through all of them, but a couple of them just caught my attention. We want to welcome you watching from Fiji today. Fiji is watching. Uh, Also, this one caught my attention from Kuwait. Welcome from Kuwait if you're watching with us today. And then this one's a little tricky. There's, uh, it's listed as one country, but it's Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, Trinidad and Tobago. I would count that as two countries, but we're going to go with one because it's listed as one country tonight. Amen? I know in the Olympics they call it one country, so we're going to stick with that. Welcome. Listen, we have a lot of things to cover tonight in the Word of God. Grab your Bibles or your devices. I want you to get ahead of me here and turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. Nehemiah chapter 3 as we continue the moving forward series. As you're doing that, let me make a few points of broader culture. Today is the 36th day of counting of the Omer, right? So we're just two weeks away. Say it with me. Say two weeks. Two weeks away from the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. We know the giving of the law of God, the giving of the Holy Spirit. We're excited to see what God does in our community on those days. Now, um, we want to uh, just take a moment to mention uh, a tragedy that happened here in Israel. If you maybe you didn't see the news, if you're watching abroad, um, during the feast of Lagba Omer, this is uh, a festival, this is a, a man made part of the festival of counting. It's on the 33rd day of counting. Uh, Orthodox community from all over the country gathered, and the numbers I read were over 100,000 of them gathered at this particular location in Moran. And um, when they were trying to exit the event about one in the morning, uh, some people slipped and got trampled by the crowd. We lost, to date, uh, the article I read said we lost 45 people died in that tragedy, and and they thought that that might have been the, the, the largest loss of life outside of war in modern Israel. And so our heart goes out to all of our brothers and sisters, the families who've lost somebody. Today is a, uh, a national day of mourning. So we are considering this in prayer. Please pray with us about that. And, and, uh, and, and ultimately, of course, when a tragedy like that happens, we want people to find Yeshua. That's who we want them to find. Is He's the only one that can touch that part of the heart anyway. And so, Father, we're just going to stop for a second. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we pray that through this tragedy, as sad as it is, our people might have revelation. Father, we pray for the families who have lost loved ones, that you comfort them, Holy Spirit. Come to them in a new and fresh way. Send believers into their lives, God. Send us that we might share the hope of glory, the Prince of Peace, the Comforter with them. 
Thank you, Lord, that we would be available and ready when you send us in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. And we uh, also, you know, we've got some good news going on as well. You know, last week we got Tyro back in the country. Very excited to get him back. Today we got Vako and Ula back with us today. Very excited to have Pastor Vako and Ula joining us today. And others have joined us uh, after they were locked out of the country, but they came back. And um, just an exciting time to be together as a family. Um, some of you may have heard, but one of our deacon families, Jonathan and Chrissy Goff, had their twin girls this week. So praise the Lord. If you were praying for them, that's good news. Uh, maybe you guys are watching. Jonathan and Chrissy, we love you. We thank you for all your heart, service, and vision to the congregation. May you find some sleep in the next 18 years. I can say that I have a 17-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 3-year-old. I also have a wife that does not sleep very well. I'm not sure if that's because of the children or she just doesn't sleep well in general. But I have a gift. That was awesome that you got that. I didn't even get to the punchline. You got it. Listen, I like it. We're in the flow tonight. We're in rhythm here in the room. I love that. Praise God. And some of you, listen, you were gone for a while. That's okay. Uh, some of you, I told the staff this week that when we're out of touch together for a lengthy period of time, sometimes our spiritual muscles forget what to do. So I just want to remind you today, it's okay to worship. It's okay to raise your hands to the Lord. It's okay to bow down in his presence. It's okay to shout and sing and dance. I saw some of you dancing. Good job. It's okay to say amen too. You know that? So I'm trying to wake your spiritual muscles up. When you hear something that the Holy Spirit touches you with tonight, would you give me a big amen for that? That way I know you're locked in. You're in the flow of the Spirit today. Hallelujah. So let's get into our main text. I was giving you a lot of community information there. Nehemiah chapter 3. And as we've done over the last couple of weeks, we have made some comparisons about the children of Israel in exile and then coming back to Israel from exile and our time being away together and now coming back in the room. And I don't want to sound like we're saying they're the exact same thing because they're not. But we want to glean a few principles of what it was like to be distant and then when it was like to come back, okay? And so we've entitled tonight's message, Rebuilding. Let me read you the first six verses of Nehemiah 3. Eliashiv, the high priest, and his fellow priest went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakoz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshulam, son of Barakiah, the son of Meshezavel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Bana, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa. But their nobles would not put their shoulder to the work under their supervisors. The Jeshanah gate was repaired by Joida, son of Paseah, and Meshulam, son of Sodeah. They laid its beams and put its doors. 
with, bolt, with their bolts and bars in place. Now, first of all, you might say, I'm not sure that was the verse you were meaning to read, Pastor Chad. Was that what you were going for? I just want credit for being courageous enough to read those names. Can I get a little credit tonight? You know, it's funny because sometimes you'll read the parasha. Thank you. Thank you. You know, sometimes you, you ask people to come read the parasha and they just want to shy away from names, you know. I get it. And I'm sure I butchered half of those anyway. We say, Pastor Chad, is that really the verse? Because that, I I did, that verse didn't jump out to me like the juicy part of the scripture. You read a whole bunch of names, and you said they were, they were doing some work. But if you remember the history of this story, our people made a covenant with God. They disobeyed that covenant. They disobeyed his laws. And after many warnings and many prophets, God, out of his love and mercy, tried to get their attention. He... He allowed them to go to, into exile after being conquered in the land, and they had to leave the land. They didn't want to be part of the covenant. They didn't get to live in the land of the covenant. That was part of the covenant. And so unfortunately, our people found themselves in a foreign land in exile, and they had forgotten a lot of the language. They had forgotten a lot of the scriptures, a lot of the laws of God, but eventually some leadership rose who did repentance on a corporate level. And that repentance touched the heart of God and God began to release miracles in favor to send them back to Israel to rebuild. And by the time we get to this passage, you understand that it's not the whole assembly that left. It was a small number of the people who were originally there. Sound familiar tonight? It's a small number of the people who were originally there. But what the scripture highlights is their heart and their dedication toward the vision that God had given them. They had started a rebuilding process. Did you notice who was included? Did you notice the chapter starts off by letting you know that the high priest was involved? You know, that's good news, I think, when one of the leaders jumps in and says, hey, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty here. I believe in this vision. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to build with everyone, physically as well as spiritually. Now, in some of your text, and depending on what your primary language is, you heard different words used in this section some of you heard the word rebuild, some repair, renew, restore. And in Hebrew, there's a few words I wanted to highlight. Hechzik. This word is a word used for repair, but it's actually more specifically used for a word to strengthen something. Right? Take what it was and make it better. Take what it was and make it stronger. Another word that's used in this text is yivnu. Now that comes from livnot. That comes straight from the word to build something. And, and of course it's in the plural form, so they built it together. Ya'azvu, another word from lazov. Lazov today means to leave. So if you're at a community group and it's over, right? It's higiezman, lazov. Time to leave. And 
Why would you use a word like that when you're talking about rebuilding? Because in the context of the scripture, it's saying that they approached the gate, they strengthened the gate, and when they were done, they left the gate in better shape than when they got there. And that's how all of the words are being used and interplayed in this text. But what is the picture that it's painting? It's painting a picture that a smaller group of people had a vision from God, and they came back to Jerusalem. They put their hands together, got dirty a little bit, and started to rebuild together, and it was not beneath any of them, including the high priest. They were engaged in this together. And that's the context, that's the background of understanding the main point. Now, where did they receive this calling, of course? We see it a chapter before, Nehemiah chapter 2, where Nehemiah was faithful to pray and he gets the word of the Lord. I might remind you, we covered this last week, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 2 through 5. He was very sad, remember, when he went into the king's presence He says, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of your heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed. Right, that instinct to pray. Then I prayed to the God of heaven. And then I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah, where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. So let me dig into our first main point tonight. I want you to recognize that Nehemiah getting the word from the Lord and sharing the vision with all the people, the people buying into the vision, they're going back to Israel with him and with other caravans. The point is they did not arrive and try to build something new. You see, that wasn't the word of the Lord. It wasn't to go and build something new. In this particular case, It was go and rebuild it. Now, there are times the Lord's going to call us to build something new. Absolutely. But did you know there's other times where God is calling us to rebuild something that was already good? Maybe there was fruitfulness. Maybe good principles were already in place. Maybe the favor of the Lord was already upon that situation or that person or that relationship. And sometimes the Lord will call us to rebuild something that has good principles and is producing good fruit. Because the principles don't change. Principles don't have emotions. Principles are not swayed by the culture changes. Principles are rooted and solid in the heart of God. You can trust them especially when they come from the word of God. Some principles were already right, and Israel was returning to some of the things that were already right. They were returning to the location of the temple. Notice they they didn't go to a different location. 
They went back to the altar where it was supposed to be because it's good. It was the word of the Lord. It had fruitfulness. It is the process by which they received forgiveness and salvation with the atonement of blood. It was a good principle. It was the right place that God ordained. They were returning to that, not necessarily building something new. They were returning, it says, to the foundations The very fact that you can find the foundations to rebuild means the foundations are still there. There are some times in our life that God has established firm foundations. The storm may have come. A tornado may have passed through. Maybe you even felt like there was some damage done to your life. But the word of God is a firm foundation. It doesn't change. It's a principle that's already good and it's already fruitful. Sometimes we just forget it. And maybe tonight I'm going to be used for just a few moments to remind us of a few things. Remind us of a few foundations worth rebuilding, worth reconnecting on. I noticed that in this chapter, Nehemiah chapter 3, I'm back to the main text. And if you were to continue to read the chapter, you would find out that there were people working together from different backgrounds. They were from different families. How do you know? Because it tells you the families. They're working together from different backgrounds, different families, different ages, different professions. It even tells you the professions of some of the people. If you were to read the full chapter, you'd get this summary, that there were people working together that were priests, governors, temple workers, perfume makers, blacksmiths, nobles, goldsmiths, and merchants, and more. Different backgrounds, different families, different ages, different professions. And yet, what they connected on in unity were the good foundations, They connected in unity on the vision that God had given them to rebuild the temple, Jerusalem, the walls, the gates. Why? Why was it so important that they saw the good foundations and they rebuilt them? Because there was a country desperate for hope. That's why. We know how. We know when and we know who, but the why is the most important part. Why did God call them to rebuild this? Because there was a nation desperate for hope. And the temple and the city of Jerusalem was a beacon of hope where people could meet with God. They could encounter his presence. They could learn from the teachers and they could learn the word of God. They could connect with God in sacrifice and forgiveness. They could celebrate the feasts and festivals. They could bring their tithes and offerings and first fruits and free will offerings. There was interaction that they were lacking in the exile. Friends, hear me tonight. There's been a season of a lack of interaction. But I'm thankful we're together tonight. Because you know there are some things that the Word of God commands us to do as a community that you cannot do alone. You can pray alone. You might even be able to worship alone, read the Bible alone, some good things. Maybe you can serve the poor alone. 
But when we're together, we can actually do the fullness of what the Word of God tells the New Covenant community to do. Right? It's hard for the elders to anoint with oil and lay hands on the sick if the elders can't get to the people or vice versa. It's hard to let your giftings come out in their fullness when you're in your pajamas in your living room. I'm not pointing fingers. You know, the real question there is, Pastor Chad, yeah, of course, we were, you know, for a long time we were watching in our living rooms. Maybe we were in pajamas. Maybe we weren't. We're not, we're not going to confess to that. Maybe we were. But the big question is, Pastor Chad, when you were preaching, were you in your pajamas? You know, we only showed, we only showed it from here up. I never showed you what I was wearing below. The good news is tonight, I, I was actually dressed. Thank you. I know you were wondering. I don't want any comments online about guessing. I was dressed. But there are some things we cannot do alone that we are called to do together in the kingdom of God. And in this case, they were called to do it together to bring hope to a desperate people who had been estranged from their God and estranged from their scriptures, losing their own language, losing their own culture. And this gave them a beacon of hope. That's the why. Some of them worked on the wall. Some of them worked on the gates. Some of them worked on the defense towers. And some of them worked on the temple but they were all working together from different professions, backgrounds, families, and ages for the common goal, bringing hope to a people who needed it. I was reminded of the New Covenant passage that connects with this same thought in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in the Messiah, we, though we're many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. You see, you can't do that alone. You can't belong to the others sitting at home by yourself. Remember this, the gospel of Yeshua, his offer of salvation, is an individual invitation to join the corporate family of God. You don't get to say yes to Yeshua without joining the family. That's not part of the covenant. You cannot do that. And so it was with Israel. They got a chance to come back together. And I want to just repeat a word or a phrase I've said to you many times that describes what it's like when we are different people with different giftings, but we work for the common vision. And who does God think the most important person is? We're all equally important. From the people you see and hear to the people you never see and hear, we are equally important, and we call that distinctive value. Everyone has the same value in the kingdom of God, but we have distinctive value in the sense that we're called to do different things and we're gifted in different ways. That's distinctive value. We do it in the New Covenant Scriptures, Romans 12, 
but it works that way in Nehemiah as well. The person working on the, the defense tower was no more valuable than the person working on the wall or the gate. They did it together. They put their giftings together from different backgrounds because there was a people that needed hope. You know, another part of this story that's important to look at is coming from a different book, but it's kind of the same story in the book of Ezra chapter 3. Verse 10 reads this way. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments with their trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good and his love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple, they wept and cried aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sounds of weeping because the people made so much noise. The sound was heard far away. What's the point? The point is that we can receive a vision from God. We can come back together from different backgrounds. We can link arms to build the kingdom the way the new covenant tells us, to exercise our giftings, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, and to do that ministry together. We have distinctive value. We're all valuable, and we all do maybe different things, but we do it together, and we encourage and honor one another. But sometimes when you rebuild, or you repair, or you strengthen, or you restore... You know, sometimes it looks a little different than it did before in the end. It might look a little bit different. That's okay. Why? Because this gives God a chance to tweak and change anything in the process that he wants to make better. I certainly hope after being disconnected from some time that we came back together a little bit better. Can anybody say amen? That God did something in your life, hopefully that tweaked something, that changed it, strengthened it, restored it, renewed it, whatever it is, and that you came back a little bit better. It might look a little different. I don't remember that song last time I was here. How come you don't have children's class? That's because the government won't let us, by the way. Not yet. How come you don't have food in the lobby? That's because the government won't let us, not yet. We're doing everything the government will let us do. And we're not too far off from doing everything we want to do. So hang in there. We're almost there, light at the end of the tunnel. But it might look a little different. And I'm just encouraging all of us that some of us remember what was. And there are some great things in the foundations. There are some good principles that are right and we are rebuilding those together. But it might look a little different. That's okay. You want to see a, a beautiful 
change. One day this week, come by the building, go to the 14th floor and look at the summit. Look what God did in this time to strengthen and restore and renew and to make something better. It was good to begin with. It was a good foundation. But when we're rebuilding it, look what God did, something even better. We got better at our media. Aren't we all grateful we had a chance to connect? We got better at lots of things. We were able to release two new, brand new, originally written Hebrew worship songs from Jerusalem. We got a third one in the works now. You see, there are some things that God's going to do that he's making improvements on. And the number one thing I think he, we want to give him permission to improve is our heart. Let him improve our heart as we rebuild together. If you used to be snappy at people, let see, Pastor Chad, English may not be my first language. What does that mean, snappy? That means you snap at people. You're short with them. You, you don't have patience. Maybe that's what the Lord's doing in our heart. Or maybe you, you used to use your tongue to tear people down, and the Lord's changing that. He's now going to use your tongue to lift people up. Maybe you were a negative person, and now the Lord is making you positive. Maybe you saw all the bad, but now he's making you see the good. You see, the Lord has a lot of room in our life to help us grow. I don't know about you, but I just want to be the person who admits to the Lord, God, Father, I have so much room to grow. So much need to grow. But some people wept because they remembered the old and they were having trouble kind of locking into the next stage. But not the young people. Young people didn't care. Young people were like, hey, man, we're happy to be home. You know, a lot of these young people were born in exile. They never got to experience that freshness of the Lord. This was their first time. They had heard all the legends. They had probably heard all the stories around the fire about this country and this city and this temple on a hill that glows at night and that the presence of the Almighty God was resting... Resting right there. They probably heard this and they brought, oh, that's a legend. That's a folklore story. And then they get back to Israel and they see the foundations. Oh my goodness, it was actually here. This is where it all happened. Hurry, let's rebuild it. I want to experience that, is what they would have said. He's probably looking at grandma going, grandma, why are you crying? Don't you want to rebuild this and sense God's presence again? And grandma was thinking, yeah, I do, but man, you should have seen it before. What do we want to do with that? We, we want to honor what God has done, and we want to be excited about what God's going to do next. Because you know God is always moving, right? God is moving. So if you, if you know a little bit about me, I, I, I move a lot. I, 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 when I read, I move, I read while I pace, I pray while I walk, sometimes while I run. If anybody's ever seen me mow the grass, I run to mow the grass. I, I, I jog the grass. I watch TV standing up, which is really annoying in a movie theater to people. 
Just kidding. And sometimes I'm watching TV and I'm just, I just kind of stand there and I just kind of pace back and forth. I just don't like to sit down. It's just not comfortable for me and I'm moving and I'm burning calories and it's all good. And my wife says, honey, can you just please sit down? And I say, no, I can't. Why not? Why can't you not sit down? I say, God's always on the move. Just want to be like God. Just always on the move. Let's honor what God has done. Let's be excited about what God is going to do. Let's lock into rebuilding foundations that are good and worthy to be rebuilt. And God will make changes in our lives. There is a story in Genesis chapter 26 about Abraham's son Isaac. You see, Abraham was a wealthy man and he dug lots of water wells throughout the region. And later the Philistines and different nations came in when they were raiding the country and they filled in these wells to stop them up so that there would be no more water. Isaac when he was grown, moved back to that same place. And in Genesis 26, listen to what this says. This really touched me this week. Verse 17. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar. That's where the, the region was where the wells were. Where he settled. Isaac reopened. There's the word of the day. He reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. You see, he honored the past. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. They reopened it. They honored the past. And when they redug the well, God surprised them, and he gave them fresh water. Not fresh water from necessarily only a new well, fresh water from an old well that had been redug, because the well was right, the principle was good, the foundation had been laid. And when God lays a principled foundation, it is forever a good foundation. There are some Principles that are universal for all time. So he returned, he reopened, and he, he redug, and he found fresh water. Let me give you the key phrase of the night, and we'll turn to a close. If we are faithful to return to good foundations and principles, God will be faithful to give us fresh water. Perhaps there are a few things in our lives that the Lord has previously established, and I want to remind you of some of them. Some things that were good, pure, and holy in your life. I'm going to make it personal now. Perhaps the Lord had built disciplines and habits. Perhaps you were a serving person and a giving person, generous with your time and your talents. Perhaps you had discipline in reading the Word in your prayer time. Perhaps you were disciplined in your small groups and in your outreach. But it's possible that from time to time with the pressures of life and the pressures of family and finances and work and travel and a lot of the pressures we felt this past year with corona, perhaps there's a few of us that got knocked off track. 
And tonight I just felt like there was an anointing of the Lord to rebuild good principles. To reopen wells that were good because God wants to give you new, fresh water from them. The foundations were already laid. They were already good. Final verse tonight, Revelation 2, verse 4 and 5. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. The word here is repent and return. And I think that's really what the Lord is calling us to do as a congregation and as individuals tonight. The Lord has lots of new things in front of us. But before we get to those new things, it's important that we rebuild the strong foundations that God has already anointed. What are they? Strong marriages. Strong parenting. Small group connection. Tithes and offerings. Being a congregation full of servant-hearted people. Being a catalyst for unity for the whole body of Messiah. Serving the poor. Believing in the full word of God, Genesis to Revelation. Believing in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Believing that our Jewish brothers and sisters will come to faith. Believing that this nation that you get to sit in right now is a gift from God and a a country of the covenant. Believing that Yeshua will return again soon. You see, these are foundations that we don't have to build. They're already built. We're just going to restore them in our life. Quiet time with the Lord. Reading the word, prayer, quiet meditation. Loving others above yourself. Foundations worth rebuilding. Restore them in our life. Return to the love you had at first. And the biggest one that jumped out at me through this process to mention was we want to be a people with a heart of gratitude to the Lord. He has preserved us. In many cases, he's healed us. He's protected us. He's given us the resources we need. Sometimes he's given us the resources that we need and we were able to help other people. I want us to be a congregation of gratitude to the Lord. Was it hard? Yes, it was. There's going to be good fruit from a difficult season, I promise. And it starts in the heart. But if tonight we can leave here with nothing else, I want us to leave here as a congregation full of gratitude to the Lord. The one who reserved nothing from us and gave it all for us. Stepping out of heaven, embracing the cross, defeating death itself, that you might have life. And if you've got nothing else ever 
that was enough. That one act was enough. So can you stand to your feet tonight? Can we start to close the service, but before we do have a heart of gratitude? Can we figure out a way to honor the king who's in the room right now? Whatever posture you would take to honor a king, this is a great time to do that. Heavenly Father, King of the universe, we love you and we thank you for this season. We thank you for what is ahead of us. We honor the past and what you called us to, the principles that were right and in place, but we are also excited about what you're gonna do. We are grateful, God, that you are in our midst. We are grateful that you take care of your people. We are grateful that you heal the sick. We are grateful that you have slowed this corona thing down in Israel. We remember our brothers in India right now who are struggling, going the wrong direction. Parts of Europe, Canada. We pray for our brothers and sisters. But Father God, tonight, if nothing else got rebuilt, if nothing else got sharpened and strengthened, let us have a heart of gratitude toward you and what you've done. Hear that. Hear that from our heart tonight, God, as we worship you. Hallelujah. Amen.